0: The Ghost Train. Tickets, please. Take your seat and enjoy the ride. All aboard! Welcome to The Ghost Train, the podcast that explores the creepy and scary world of the paranormal. On board with me today is Jim of Transcendent Paranormal Society. Now Jim had some really great stories about his investigations and some very heartfelt stories about what caused him to get started in the paranormal field. Here we go. Next stop, school's out for the spirits. All aboard! (laughs) Hey everybody, welcome to the Ghost Train. I'm sitting here with Jim from Transcendent Paranormal. Jim is a paranormal investigator from Dubuque, Iowa, and he's going to tell us a story about an abandoned school. So Jim, take it away.
1: Sure. It was an investigation about a year and a half ago when I was training with another team out of the Twin Cities, and it was a public investigation event, a two-night public investigation event at the Farrar Schoolhouse, which is in Farrar, Iowa, just uh, northeast of Des Moines, the center of the state. We were investigating with the public the first night. Everything was going fine, great event. At the end of the night, our one female investigator, uh, as we were getting ready to go to bed, complained that she was feeling a little bit of pain and didn't really know where it was coming from. And she lifted up her shirt and revealed two long uh, scratches, vertical scratches, going from above her belly button down to uh, her waist. We were a little concerned with that. Uh, obviously, we we never like to have investigators get attacked or hurt during an investigation whichever it was the next day we decided to do an experiment to try and figure out what was going on and this is a three-floor schoolhouse and at one time there was a stereotypical principal who worked there who didn't like children hated his job just was miserable and his office was in the third floor on one of the corners of the building so what we decided to do was a female investigator and i paired up i went to a quiet part of the building and we role-played that I was a father bringing my child, my daughter to this new school for the first time, so we went to a quiet part of the building and recorded about five minutes worth of questions, playing that role, and took that recorder up to the principal's office, put that recorder on the desk, hit play so those questions would play out loud, put another recorder on the desk to hit record just to see if anything would happen, left the floor, closed the principal's doors, there was absolutely one of the questions I asked was if my daughter misbehaves, what are you going to do to her? And about 12 seconds after I asked that question, very clear as day Class A came across on oh, the stomach. stomach.
0: And the night Whoa. before
1: when she had gotten to bed, she was scratched on the stomach.
0: No. Uh, oh my god.
1: And then about, um, about 8 or 9 seconds after that response, another voice came through and said I, I loved, loved it. it. Clear as day.
0: Uh, Jeez. So was, oh <laughs> God, that was that's the only crazy. Instance,
1: yeah, only only instance I've had during an investigation where an investigator has potentially been harmed by something and getting validation from it. And that was very early on in my training, so that was kind of scary.
0: No kidding, that's freaky. Yeah, someone that you know, someone that you've been going through this almost training with, right? And then all yeah. of a sudden, you see firsthand them getting hurt right from something that you can't really protect them against
1: exactly that second night when we went all went to bed we were a little we were a little on edge sleeping in the gymnasium of that schoolhouse and had a REM pod going into the boiler room which was off the gym and in the middle of the night that REM pod was going off which was causing us more anxiety so yeah it was the second night there was not a very good night's
0: sleep Jeez, I don't, I don't, I can't even imagine that. So, are you sleeping on like little cots, or are you just on the floor in a sleeping bag?
1: Uh, air mattresses, some of us yeah. sleeping bags, some cots. It just depends.
0: Oh God.
1: I made sure I was not the closest to the uh, REM pod, so in case anything <laughs> comes out, I was, I was not the one who was going to be the subject of anything. So.
0: Oh, I don't blame you. That's crazy. That's a that's. Super creepy story. So, what happened to her afterwards? She okay now? Is uh, did any she?
1: Uh, it actually affected her to the point where she dropped out of paranormal investigation for a while. Uh, it it just had a I don't I wouldn't say traumatic effect on her, but I would say dramatic effect.
0: Yeah.
1: To the point where she just didn't know if she wanted to continue doing that, and it took some time for her to be away from it to really put it in its place and categorize it. And she's actually back on that team now. Uh, team i trained with she's back on that team investigating so she she recovered and she's back because she just she loves investigating just like a lot of us do but yeah there's still times where that's that affects her
0: oh god i don't blame her for having to take a bit of a break like that's got to be super stressful and just terrifying to have something attack you that you don't even see and you're not able to do anything about it right
1: right and we Um, didn't automatically jump to oh my god you were attacked by a spirit or a negative entity or whatever we tried mm to because obviously, we investigate in pitch black darkness, and when you're in an yeah. abandoned schoolhouse, there's a lot of furniture and a lot of other things go around. So, could she have scratched herself in the middle of the night uh, during the investigation? Sure, but you think, A, that she would have felt it, and B, if she would have hit some furniture, it would have been a horizontal scratch across the stomach by hitting something and moving like you would rather than.
0: That's what I mean, right? That's crazy. And did she describe the pain? Was it like a like – everyone always says it's like a burning sensation or something along those lines. Did she yeah. have that
1: kind of pain? Yeah, she had a bit of a burning sensation, just not an intense pain, but just like a nagging, annoying type of pain, similar to like when a cat would scratch you. It's not super painful, but it's just there, and you know it hurts. And
0: Yeah, that's nuts, man. And so you've kept on investigating.
1: Yeah. Do you have any other kind of like
0: little stories that have kind of popped up throughout your time investigating?
1: We've had our own team. We broke off and formed our own team in October of 2018 simply because logistics-wise, it was better for us to be self-contained and to view than the way we were before. Uh, But we've been on a few investigations since then. Our first investigation was at a house where the clients were certain there was something negative there affecting challenged, And some negative spirits there, on this, they were buying into that. And so we went into that house investigation fearing that something was there that didn't, wasn't going to want us there, but ended up uh, being a really great investigation because we were able to make contact with the spirits who were there, mainly using a spirit box and having a conversation, getting validation that they just wanted to be heard. And they weren't there to threaten anybody or to harm anybody. And they were actually reaching out to the one girl she had abilities, given that she was meant to challenge, she had the abilities, and were open to them coming, wow. and speaking with her. So the family was just misinterpreting that the attention that she was being given, and we were able to get validation from the spirits that hey, uh, we asked, are you going to be able to coexist with this family in this house? And we got a clear yes and mm. stuff like that. So we, when we reported that back to the family, they were very relieved, and they've had no problems since. Everything's been copacetic and peaceful. So to have that be our first investigation right out of the bat, right out of the shoot, was just really rewarding for us. We don't charge people for investigations. We're in this to help, plain and simple. There's still times where we get freaked out, but we don't get scared by anything. We've been trained not to react that way. In fact, we just had an investigation that we just did the reveal for on Saturday at a business in the third oldest city in Wisconsin. And there was one, in, there was one instance where we were sitting there and I was staring at a door and uh, we have it on videotape and audio tape, and the door opens on its on its own right in front of us. Oh, God. We thought it could have been wind because it was a door that came from a courtyard into the building, so wind could swirl around in the courtyard, with the door up. Uh, but the five hours we were there, the rest of the time, that door did not open.
0: That was- Jeez.
1: That's got to just be startling. And we are staring right at it, and you see that happen with your own eyes it's i mean when you see it on video or you hear it on audio that's one thing but when mm-hmm. you see it physically happening in front of you that's you're like a kid in a candy store it's like wow <laughs> I can't believe i'm seeing this
0: yeah and did you catch it on camera
1: yes we caught it on DVR camera and on audio recorders so it was um. and then we had another it was there was something with doors at this investigation there were two floors, and the top floor is used. To, they rented it out for Airbnb and so on, but it used to be miners could stay there while they were in town working on mining and so on. And we were all downstairs. So we had a recorder running upstairs. There was nobody upstairs at all. And on this recorder, plain as day, you can hear a few footsteps walking up to something. You can hear a loud door slam, and then you could hear footsteps huh. walking away. Damn, absolutely nobody up there but we were able to catch that. So it's, it's always um, it's always thrilling when you catch evidence like that and you have no rational explanation for it because there just isn't any.
0: Oh, absolutely. That's crazy.
1: And we always try and debunk first. That's our primary goal when we go into a place is debunk first. So our, our motto, if you will, is uh, we explain what we can and investigate what we can't. So that's, huh. how, like that's how we approach things.
0: Yeah. I think that's the best way to approach something like that because Mm -hmm. you don't want to just go in there automatically thinking it's a ghost. You want to be sure what you're dealing with, right? Right. If it's a creaky floor, then that's what it is. That's fine. It wasn't a ghost, but keep the search for the the ghost looking and you got to keep trying to find it. Right. Right. So.
1: And and we debunked a few things, which, yeah, we always do that every case. There's always something that you can explain away and more often Mm -hmm. than not, the, the client is not disappointed. They're more often relieved, like, oh, okay, I don't have to worry about that anymore. You took care of that. <laughs> well,
0: I think it's, yeah, I think a lot of these clients that you have are probably just happy not to have a ghost in their house, right? Right. Because exactly. like they're calling you to get rid of it. They well, think of you as a ghostbuster or a paranormal buster kind of thing, in, right? In a
1: way. And we've never, in all the investigations I've been on, both with the team we were training with and now on our own team, we've never had a situation where. Uh, a homeowner has or a business owner has wanted us to get rid of something because it's very difficult to get rid of a spirit if they're not wanting to leave. We've been able to either come to a compromise with whatever's there that they can coexist and not scare the people like our first house investigation
0: Mm -hmm. Uh,
1: we're able to just let the people know hey what you're hearing is residual they're not intelligent spirits you're just hearing playback of, of history so you really have nothing to worry about and they go about their business and everything of what this property is and, and learn to uh, coexist.
0: Oh yeah, for sure. No, that's really cool. And you're making a difference then, right?
1: Right. And that's like I said before, we're not, we're not in this to get famous. We're not in this to have a TV show. I'm a big believer in helping people uh, first and foremost. And secondly, I'm a big believer in para-unity. Uh, I believe all paranormal teams uh, should work together for the common good of the industry put things forward. Unfortunately, not every team is of that philosophy. So there are times where that doesn't happen, but most of the people I've met in this field have been genuine people and have been very interested in pair unity and collaborating working together and bouncing ideas or evidence off each other, and that's really great.
0: I've kind of started to find that out, that this is such a great community of people to get to know. I've met some really great people. Everyone's been very nice about everything, not trying to be assholes or anything like that so i've yeah i've had the kind of same experience that you've had with this community of of great people but going back to your investigation of these homes and you were saying that if you feel like you are supposed to get rid of this energy and what you're what you're able to do maybe you can't come to a compromise with the spirit Mm -hmm. what do you then do do you go to the church are you like that kind of belief that that the religion is plays a part in this
1: Right. We have resources at our disposal. Should we ever come across something like that where they want it absolutely gone? uh, Mm -hmm. We would first try on our own to get it to leave. We have things we can try to ask it to move on peacefully. How do you do that? You can bring in a medium uh, to try and talk to the spirit and and guide the spirit where it needs to go. Uh, There's debate over whether people can actually cross something over. Uh, Mm -hmm. I tend not to believe that people can do that, but at least you can give them some guidance as to what they need to do to move on. Right, you can't, you can't get them to move on, but you can give them some guidance. So that'd be the first step. We have a medium locally that works with us should we need one, and I have another uh, medium that is a consultant for us who's more more widely known than just locally. So we have those wow. two resources, wow. and that's one of the great things about the whole pair of family and para unity. Is I have friends that I've met at conferences that have said, "Hey, if you ever need help clearing a house, or if you ever need help with this or that." give me a call. So there are people on call who I can say, I need help with this, come on down. And they're willing to do it. Worst case scenario is yes, there's people of the cloth, depending on that person's religion that you can call in to try and help with that. Uh, we haven't had to get to that point yet, mm-hmm. but yeah, almost every, almost every spirit will respond to some sort of a religious provocation or religious guidance. So,
0: well, yeah, well, it's, Something that you can kind of bust out when you need to, right? right?
1: And Dubuque is an extremely Catholic community, so I have no shortage of priests should I need to.
0: Okay, um, I didn't. I don't know much about Dubuque, but yeah, you're kind of giving me a bit of a history sure. lesson.
1: Dubuque's the oldest city in the state of Iowa, so it's very historic. Lots of old buildings, and their community that's very into its history. So that's always a good.
0: thing. And is that kind of what got you into this field then? Just being like immersed in all that history of your of your city of your town.
1: No, I was actually. uh, That's a story. (laughs) That's a story in itself. I've always been interested in the paranormal. I used to watch Ghost uh, Ghost Hunters, uh, Mm -hmm. Grant and Jason Hawes and all the guys. And it's cool now that I consult with Grant every great once in a while.
0: Ew, that's cool.
1: Yeah, every every really great once in a while when I need advice on something. But so I'd always been involved or interested in the paranormal. Uh, And then in September of 2015, uh, my mom went in for heart surgery and she didn't make it out.
0: Oh, my so God. Was, I'm so sorry, kind
1: of, man. Yeah, that was kind of difficult. And that n- night that I was at the hospital and she passed, I went back to my house where I grew up. And my dad said, hey, why don't you take something home to remember mom by? And she collected teddy bears. Mm-hmm. And so I picked one of the teddy bears that I knew was her favorite and brought it home. And I'm not ashamed to admit that I slept with it that night. Sound comfort. And the next morning, uh, and I looked, when I was picking out a bear, I was very and I was looking at every single one I was picking up to make sure it was in good shape and it looked nice. And right. so the next morning when I woke up, the bear had a green mark on its forehead which was not there. When I took it from my mom's house. My mom's favorite color was green. So I took that as a sign that <laughs> she oh. had made a contact with So that made me even more intrigued. And then in June of 2016, so only nine months later, uh, my only brother committed suicide. Uh, oh so my God. that was that was another blow and another at that point I was like, you know what? I want to know what happens when we pass away or at least try and find some answers or some comfort. So that was the main impetus for me to get into the is just to investigate, help people. Number one, and also just try and find some answers for myself. As to, as to, is there really something after we pass on? Is there really another dimension, another avenue that people go to? So.
0: Yeah. And those are I like, thank you so much for sharing those stories with us. Sure. That's like a, that's a, that's a lot of stuff to, to have to tell and to deal with on on your own. So uh, no words can describe what you must have been going through, through that time. And I hope that you're able to find some, some sort of answers. I don't know. Maybe you, you have.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm a very lifelong newspaper editor until recently. So I'm a very logical thinker. So Mm -hmm. I have an insatiable curiosity about things and want to learn. So I think those are great traits to have as a paranormal investigator, being a logical person. I've seen and heard, things that i can't logically explain so i know that there's there is something else after we pass on Uh, whether it's the same thing to everybody or it all depends on your beliefs that remains to be seen and may never be answered until we pass on but yeah i've seen and heard way too much to believe that there isn't
0: something. i agree with you i think that there there has to be something out there for us to just be buried in the ground and have nothing left and that's it just turning turning off a light I just don't think that that is what happens.
1: No, I don't either.
0: Yeah. Well, anything going on with your group right now?
1: Yeah, we do. We actually are going to be at the Dubuque Psychic and Paranormal Expo on April 13th and 14th. Uh, we're going we're one of only two paranormal teams that are going to be there, to my understanding. Uh, so we would encourage anybody who's listening locally uh, to come on down for that one of the two days and chat with us. We'll be sharing some of our best evidence that we've captured last four or five investigations and we also have a public investigation event coming up uh, on august 24th uh, here in dubuque that other people uh, we are going to be selling tickets for that soon we actually have our first public investigation event march 30th at uh, grand opera house in dubuque and that event sold out in six days so wow i'm, I'm yeah i was very impressed <laughs> i'm amazing hoping that yeah. second event sells out in the same amount of time but we have we have a Facebook page, we have, we're on Twitter, we're on Instagram, then we have a website where we post all of our cases with full client permission, all of our evidence, so people can go check that out as well.
0: So you're based in Dubuque, but where do you travel to? Like, how far of a distance would you go? Does it matter? Well,
1: it doesn't really matter. If somebody needs help, we'll help them. We're located right on the border with Illinois and Wisconsin, so we'll go into Illinois, we'll go into uh, Northwest Illinois, Southeast Wisconsin, all over Iowa, even into Minnesota, should we be so, we're definitely
0: willing to travel to help you. That's awesome. And that's, people don't get this that you're doing this out of the goodness of your heart. You're traveling across the state into other states, and you're doing this all to just help someone out that you don't even really know.
1: Right. Exactly. That's amazing. It's yeah, amazing. Absolutely. And if they want to find it, just have to look up Transcendent Paranormal Society on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram. And then our website is www.transcendentparanormal.com. And you'll be able to find all kinds of information
0: about it. Awesome. awesome. Jim, thanks so much for being on board the ghost train. And one last question for you. Sure. And it's, do you ever have problems sleeping at night after these investigations? Yes.
1: Uh, but usually because I'm so wound up from investigating because it's such an adrenaline rush that it's hard to... Hard to turn
0: off the switch and go to sleep. Oh, man. Yeah, I get that. I used to play in uh, rock bands, and every time I'd come home, like, yeah, your heart's just, like, still beating, like, so fast, and you're just rearing to go, and you don't want to sleep. So you're just on on that adrenaline. So, uh, Jim, thanks so much again for those great stories. The stories you shared tonight, I could tell that they were very special to you, and thanks so much for sharing those with me tonight.
1: Sure, thanks for having me on.
0: Thanks for listening to The Ghost Train. If you're in the Iowa area, go check Jim and his team out at the Dubuque Psychic and Paranormal Expo April 13th and 14th and don't forget about that public investigation on August 24th. Sounds like it's going to be a blast. Next week's podcast, we jump across the pond and back into the UK. Phantasma Paranormal's own Jack and I sat down for a creepy and fun chat about the ghosts haunting his home as a child and his new project, a paranormal clothing line he's currently launching. Go check some of his stuff out on Instagram, I'll be posting some links to connect you with his cool and scary stuff. I loved it when I saw it and can't wait for it to be officially launched so I can get my hands on some. See you next week on the train, and in the meantime, good luck sleeping tonight.